The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. No one is to use any part of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Zinsky, or the Art of Relationships. Thank you. Live calls and chats are very welcome in helping you with your challenges. There will be an end to those tit-for-tat arguments. Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in their rapid, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, so to most, he's known as the choice love guru. Hey everybody, it's uh, Greg coming to you live from Detroit, Detroit's love guru, relationship, sex specialist, licensed professional counselor uh, here in the D, Detroit City. Hopefully everybody's doing okay, wide awake. Um, I have coffee here, (laughs) I need it. It's been a long week, a long day, everything. Hopefully my eyes aren't all bloodshot and I'm able to to look uh, halfway awake anyways. Maybe I shouldn't even have the, the video on where you can see me. You can just hear my voice. I can just put a <laughs> put a mask over it. <clears throat> Anyways, welcome. Um, also, I'm very excited. The My new book, the, I should say new book, second edition, if you will, is out. It's available on Amazon. It is called Love's Essence. The Relationship Guide. So check it out on Amazon. Actually, I might have a copy of it. Hold on. I'll be back. Sorry, we know. There it is. (laughs) Love's Essence, The Relationship Guide. Okay, on Amazon. Okay. I know every radio, whatever, likes, uh, hates dead air. So check it out. Uh, Cynthia, welcome, everybody. Lisa, hey, what's up? Heidi, a lot of people, a lot of regulars paying attention. Please share the posts. I, I appreciate it. I want to help as many people is is <laughs> as many people as I can um, to fulfill their you know their life dreams, their goals, to have fantastic relationships, not only love lives, but also to have healthy, fantastic, strong relationships with themselves. Okay. Tonight, uh, tonight's show. Is coming to you on a very special request. Um, it's going to be a very, uh, very hard topic uh, to come across. Okay, it's about the long-term effects of being raped, and also long-term effects of sexual abuse. Okay, this was a special request. There's a lot of people out there that you know will get into the topic, and like I said, even with the show's topic. You can ask any questions, you know, you want. It doesn't have to relate to the topic at hand that we're discussing on the show this evening, okay? You can ask any questions you want. Uh, If you have a sexuality aspect, a difficulty with sexuality, um, say emotional intimacy, emotional trust building. Someone had an affair, uh, you know, you had an affair, your loved one had an affair, and you're looking at repairing those aspects, you can ask any questions. Like I said, I usually do a free, you know, free format, if you will, free wheeling format to the show is about you. The Art of Relationships radio show, it's about you. Um, so any topics you have, I want to try to help you through those, okay, or help you with them. The call-in number is 313-614-9498, okay? Again, 313 614 9498. And this one, um, a lot of people know know me personally. I love to joke around. I'm a huge smart ass. When it's appropriate, I even I think maybe even when it's not appropriate, it might not be, I might get over the top a little bit. This topic, unfortunately, is not going to be an easy topic. Okay. I've dealt with um 
you know, relationships, sexual aspects, um, you know, marriage, that aspect forever, okay? Ever since day one, I started in this field, licensing, grad school, all that stuff. But I also specialize in trauma, okay? Uh, I used to work with a lot of sexual abuse and kids, a lot of rape survivors. I'm, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm flattered. Um, I've worked with a lot of female rape survivors, males too, that have been sexually abused by maybe their father, grandfather, and uncle, uh, that type of aspect. So this, you know, I never joke around about rape, sexual abuse, not at all. So I have a lot of experience in trauma and dealing with those aspects. And the question at hand was, you know, about this show this evening is dedicated to those that might be, you know, enduring the aftermath of being sexually abused as a kid, as a teenager, you know, being raped. And unfortunately, there's a lot of women out there and men, you know, yes, men that have been raped too, that there's a lot of that have been raped by boyfriends, by their husbands. And they don't think that, you know, oh, yeah, it's your husband. There's no way they can rape you. Yes, they can. And, you know, the aftermaths about that and the trust issues that come up, the old adage is, you know, I want to get into maybe how to, how does that affect building trust in future relationships down your road, or maybe how, you know, being raped or being sexually abused as a child or a teen, how that might affect you as an adult aspect. And that's sort of where we're going to go this evening. Again, if you have any questions, any comments, I'd love to hear it. I want to hear any insights. The number, again, to give me a call is 313-614-9498. And you can also, if you don't want to call in, you're a little shy. Like I said, I'm not going to mention the, you know, I'm not going to mention your name, okay? If you give me permission to use your name on the air, I'm going to. That's okay. But if you don't want to, you're going to, it's private, okay? I totally respect that. Uh, so don't, you know, don't worry about that. If you want to, um, sorry about that. I'm checking a text that they mean, um, sorry about that. Very unprofessional, but <laughs> we're talking about, um, you know, the long-term effects. So give me a call 313-614-9498. You can also text your questions or comments too, or if you want to, you can, Ask questions below, right below the chat, okay? Um, it also, the show is also, I think I have it working, it's also uh, broadcasted on the old format, Spreaker format, so I got that going as well. Um, I'm not going to be able to pay attention to the live chat on the Spreaker aspect. Um, like I said, I can't do, I have a hard enough time doing one thing at a time, let alone two or three, okay? But... Um, people listening on the Spreaker app, please go to Facebook if you have questions, or you can give me a call, give me a text message too about your questions, okay? Um, about sexual abuse, you know, as a kid or being raped and the effects it has on future relationships, not only, you know, the emotional aftermath of those, and also, you know, how it affects you sexually, how it affects you emotionally, and how it maybe shakes your essence. Now, I'm going to say, this as well, okay? Get this out of the way. A lot of people assume because you've been sexually abused as a kid, as a teen, because you have been sexually abused or raped, even you know, as an adult, does not mean you are damaged for life, okay? You can be damaged for life, absolutely, okay? I'm not I get that. But that doesn't mean because someone was sexually abused that they are totally broken or damaged for the rest of their life. That is a myth, okay? And the one thing about, you know, being sexually abused, whatever, I'm going to start with the aspect of you look at, you know, that power was taken away from you, okay? It was not given away. You did not free, willing, give that away. It was taken away from you, okay? So that's one thing I want you to understand and empower yourself that, you know what, I want you to hold that power back within you. Pull it back, hold it, own that power back with you. It was not given, okay? The one thing, I'm going to get in the, you know, questions and so forth online too, that you look at, 
Um, Christy, you know, great topic. Thank you. I can't take credit for the topic. Um, you know, this was brought up to a, a listener, a friend of mine for a while that brought up this topic. And, you know, I've talked about trauma and, you know, sexual abuse before over the years uh, because it does affect relationships and also individuals. So, um, no, I appreciate it. Okay, question on the chat, you know, when is it or is it ever okay not to talk about prior sexual abuse with your significant other? And that is an awesome question. My aspect is it depends on your own comfort level, okay? A lot of people... Um, that have been through that. They feel like they're damaged, they're broken, they're injured. No one's going to want them. No one's going to, you know, love them or whatever because they feel like they're, like I said, they're damaged, they're broken, they're, you know, damaged goods that, oh my God, it's uneasy to deal with that. In order to disclose that information to a potential significant other, you need to look at um, the comfort level. They need to earn that trust, okay? they You can't, you know, if you just blurt it out there, whatever, and they back away and run, you know what? I tell you, you know what? Screw them. Let them go, okay? That's more about them <laughs> than it is about you, okay? You know what? We've all had, you know, different paths. We all had different aspects that are going on, especially with sexual abuse or being raped. A lot of situations, you know, they feel you know, uncomfortable. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle it. So the people might run. They might ignore it. They they pretend, oh my God, it's hands off. And it's very, let's face it, uncomfortable for a lot of people. That's the truth, okay? They may feel that, you know, oh my God, I can't touch you. I can't kiss you anymore. I can't try to grab you sexually anymore because it's going to trigger the flashbacks. It's going to trigger the nightmare in those aspects that come together, okay? Um, You know, and you talked about, Cynthia, you brought up a great question. Uh, You know, what if you have been together for a while? I I think I look at, you know, one thing, does it serve a purpose, okay? Does it serve a purpose within you to disclose that information, okay? Does it, you know, do you need to tell your partner, that is up to you, okay? That is a private information. I'm not going to say you need to disclose that. Now, if it affects you and if it affects the relationship, it affects your sexual identity and your sexual pleasures, okay, and your sexual comfort lover, then by all means, I'm all about disclosing that information, okay? The partner, hopefully if you've been together for a long time, if you've been married for years, as Cynthia asked, um, you know, that you deal with this aspect and there's a lot of mixed feelings that go by for the person. Say, you know, your husband that has been, you know, hasn't found out. I dealt with a couple um, a while ago that she was raped. Wait, she was like, I think 18 at the time. And she was waiting for her boyfriend to get out of work and met, you know, with his friends you know, was at whatever, his apartment, whatever, and his friends were there waiting, no big deal, right? They had a few drinks. They drugged her, three of them, and raped her, okay? And there was a lot of issues. She did not, I was the second person she told. They were married for 20-something years, and her husband was the first person she told, and that was after the first session we had together. I was the second person she told. I'm flattered. I get that. And there's a lot of mixed emotions that go on you know first he wants to hunt him down and kill the guys i get it you know i i get it and then another thing he is you know emotionally wants to be there and nurturing and try to help her through that and another reason he's hurt comes out as anger but also pissed because she did not tell him um this before not that it would change anything from him but that you know it was the anger would come out, but it's more from her because she did not feel safe enough to tell him. So he's heard about that. So there's a lot of mixed emotions that go through telling somebody. Um, I, my aspect is, I think that person, your loved one, be it your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, and it doesn't matter if you're in a 
you know, heterosexual relationship, a gay lesbian relationship, this cuts across all those aspects, okay? All those domains. You need to look at, you know, that person needs to make you feel safe to be able to tell you, right? You know what? It's a big, big risk, okay? So one thing I recommend, you know, is that partner nurturing in general? Are they nurturing? Do they listen to you? Are they, you know, soothing when you're in a bad mood, when you're upset, when you're, you know, when you're hurt? Are they there for you emotionally or do they just blow you off and do they whatever? My question is, why would you want to be with somebody to begin with in that situation? But that's a whole nother, whole nother show topic, okay? Um, so they need to make you feel safe to be able to disclose this information, okay? Now, again, you look at the purpose behind disclosing it. Do you, do you need to? Is it going to be sort of a, an awakening and a weight off your shoulder? Because a lot of times, you know, dealing with, you know, adult individuals that have been sexually abused, the big thing is, you know, they don't want to be shamed. They don't want to be, you know, I run into a few things, okay? Mostly two main things, okay? Uh-oh. Oops, sorry, people. <laughs> sorry about that. <clears throat> I hit a wrong button. But I run into a few things with those aspects, okay? They're afraid that their loved one is going to look at them differently. Like I mentioned, you know, towards the beginning of the show, that they're damaged, that they're they're no good, and oh, my God, you know, how am I going to handle it? And they're afraid they're going to leave and run, okay? That's a big thing. Another thing is, you know, not only how that other person is going to respond or whatever, but how that other person is going to look at you being the survivor of sexual abuse, uh, you know, a rape survivor too, how they're going to look at you and the shame, the embarrassment. I get that. I, I've People don't, you know, they don't understand the embarrassment and, the, you know, the hurt and the, the belittling they feel and the self-hatred they feel and the dirtiness they feel from, you know, sexual abuse or being raped. And I try to relay that not only to and get that from the survivors of those aspects, but also to their partners if it comes up in a session, you know, in with a couple situation in my office to teach the other one to be okay, to be strong and understand, you know what, this affects your partner first, okay, and you are secondary. It, it you know, a rape and sexual abuse, how it affects a relationship down the road is, you know, it affects the relationship as a whole. It definitely affects the survivor of that situation and it affects the partner of that situation. So, you know, backing up a little bit when I said it affects, you know, how your partner is going to view you, how they handle that situation of that, you know, those aspects, it's very, very detrimental okay and you know what how can you be there for that situation a lot of say the ones that have been abused the survivors they're worried about oh my god i can't affect i don't want this to be a burden on my loved one my husband will say okay in general sense i don't want this to be a burden on my husband i don't want them to always take pity on me i don't want them to you know always tiptoe around me, especially around maybe sex, around talking to me about certain things. I don't want them. So all of a sudden, you know what? They take all that and they burden themselves and hold on to that forever. I don't recommend that. That's where I recommend about maybe getting help, talking to someone that specializes in sexual abuse survivors or, you know, rape survivors. Not every professional counselor, therapist, social worker, psychologist specializes in these aspects, okay? And I'm going to get, I want to go on, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> that, you know, rape is very violent, very brutal, okay? And there's a lot of people that assume childhood, you know, or teenage sexual abuse is violent. It can be. I'm not going to say it isn't. Majority of the time, probably about 85, 90% of sexual abuse in children it's very benign. It's very manipulative. It's very coercive, meaning, you know, they're going to, oh, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't touch you this way. If I didn't care about you, you know what, if I didn't love you, it's very, very 
manipulative. It's very, very coercive, okay? They're playing mind games with the victims of sexual abuse, okay? So you got the situation of, you know, the victims, let's face it, they feel guilty, they feel manipulated in there. Oh, I should, or, you know, they have mixed motions. This feels wrong, but yet I want that parent, I want that person, that adult to love me. I want them, you know, all kids want to be loved, right? Adults, crap, we do too. So, you know, so they sort of, okay, they, they're an adult, they know what's best for me, but they have a mixed emotion that, you know, this doesn't feel right emotionally. But then you also have the mixed aspects where a lot of people don't understand sexual abuse survivors, the physical, there's physical pleasure. So there is, it sounds whacked. It sounds, let's face it, it's a natural, you know, you feel touched a certain way or whatever. It can be very pleasurable physically. So you have this aspect, the physical pleasure of it on this hand. Then you have the emotional turmoil on this hand that states, you know, it don't feel right, something's wrong, whatever, but it sort of feels good in a way too. So you have those mixed roles come in. And this is where a lot of sexual abuse survivors come into, you know, you hear the old textbook scenario that, you know, sexual abuse survivors tend to be very promiscuous, very sexual, or the other aspect, they don't, they're not sexual at all. The damage that goes on, and these are things, the original premise of the show this evening was getting to the point to where, you know what, the effects, the long-term effects of that abuse, okay, so I, I wanted to give you a little bit of a insight or heads up about, you know, a lot of sexual abuse in kids, it's not violent. It's not, you know, it's not like a rape, okay? And I'm not belittling neither one of them, okay? But it is about, you know, coercion. It's about manipulation. It's about trying to, you know, coerce somebody into having, you know, sexual contact with you for your own benefit, you know, especially the sick aspect and dealing with the kids in those situations. Um, and there's, you know, just as many boys and girls as girls that get sexually abused as kids. And we're going into, you know, long-term effects. I already mentioned, you know, they can be promiscuous. They can be, you know, low self-esteem. These are all, do I want to get into, you know, textbook scenarios, okay? A lot of research is done on sexual abuse, but I think, some of it can be biased too. There are sexual abuse survivors that they're, you know, there are no effects. They're fine. They've dealt with it. They're done and over with it. And to go on, okay, they're, they're okay with it. They don't need to do anything. They're fine. They're happy. They have healthy, happy sexual lives. They're sexually satisfied. No issues. That's fine, okay? Um, Cynthia, you mentioned a good point, too. You know, most often, you know, it is someone you know and trust. Sexual abuse, it is. It's someone, you're right, that's a good point. You know, it tends to be, it could be a neighbor, it could be an uncle, a grandfather. I've dealt, I've got a call this morning um, from a client, you know, her as a child, a female, a girl, as a girl, her mother sexually abused her, too, as her own mom. So the aspects is it cuts across. There's so many variables that play into role that a lot of people assume it's always a guy. It's always a girl that's sexually abused. No, it's there's women that sexually abuse their sons, uh, aunts sexually abuse their nephews. It, it cuts across all realms. Okay, the aspect is I want to get at with you know how does it affect you? And like I said, it might not affect. Every sexual abuse survivor, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more about things that can be dealt to help you cope with those aspects and to give you some maybe insights and also the rape survivors. I'm going to give you some insights into the elements about maybe getting the power back from you, not giving it away, right? And also the self-esteem, whatever, that the sexual abuse or the rape survivor wasn't it wasn't a, it affected you big time, okay? It affected you, but I'm saying it wasn't about you. I don't, it's about that, the dickhead, okay? It's about the asshole 
Did I swear on Facebook? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> that might be just me. The the trash, it's about them. It's not about you. And that's where I want you, even though it occurred to you, I want you to regain the power. I want you to regain you know, the strength back from within you that you hold that power, okay? It was taken from you. I get that. It's not easy, okay? And a lot of aspects I'm going to get into, and a lot of uh, trauma, you know, work and stuff I've done and sexual abuse aspects with clients and rape survivors. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the triggers, and that's sort of what goes back and what affects the adult survivors of child sexual abuse or, you know, being raped. A lot of these triggers are what affect future relationships, future, you know, marriages, relationships, the sexual satisfaction that you own. Nobody else should own that. You should own that, okay? And it's not, it can be loving. It can be, you can enjoy sex again and you can get into the elements where, you know what, we can, you know, sort of put that in the, I say, the back of the mind here versus always have it here and always worried and always, when someone touches you, you're always thinking about it and the the memories get triggered, okay? There is, you know, some treatment aspects that has been very effective. EM, it's called EMDI, or DR, I'm sorry, eye movement desensitization. I can't remember what the heck the other one is. I'm sorry, I butchered that. I should have been prepared, but it's EMDR, eye movement desensitization, breathe something or whatever. It's been very effective for that. I do not do that. I, I'm not certified, so no one should do that unless they're trained certified. I work with aspects, and it's sort of tied in a little bit about the sensory aspects dealing with sens sexual abuse and also about rape and the sensory triggers that pop in and trying to put those to rest. And I am going to get on those aspects in a couple minutes, okay? I'm going to take a little break, get my breath back, and we're going to get on this. Don't go anywhere. Please stay right here. This is the Art of Relationships radio show, and I will be back in a few moments, okay? Peace. Be back. Don't go nowhere. I'm 
And we're back. Um, that was uh, Detroit's own Carrie Frazier. Wish you the best. Uh, local uh, hip-hop artist in Detroit. He's uh, a good guy, so check him out on Facebook and YouTube. Carrie, it's K-H-A-R-Y, so it's spelled a little bit different. Frazier with a Z, check him out. Um, going back to the sexual... Ooh, let me get that out of the way, sorry. Um, you know, with the sexual abuse and the effects it has, and also rape survivors, and uh, the big time, Cynthia, you mentioned before, and I know, you know, you've dealt with school and everything with this aspect too. And we talked about this extensively in classes you've had, uh, you know, with me as well, that, you know, I understand that there are many triggers for survivors, but nobody ever talks about the non-sexual triggers. Um, I talk about these aspects and these are, <clears throat> the non-sexual triggers could be you know, usually, I'm going to throw out the senses, right? We have the smell, we have the taste, touch, the hearing, and sight, right? A lot of people don't understand that the sensory memory, what we see, hear, touch, taste, smell, all that stuff, right, takes one to two seconds to get into our long-term memory, okay? That, that, that's quick. What we try to read, we try to read a book, uh, article, Maybe paying attention to the white. No, I'm t- <laughs> paying attention to your husband, whatever. Takes up to 20, 22 seconds to get into our long-term memory, okay? So you have one to two seconds versus 20 to 22 seconds. That's how powerful our sensory memory is, okay? And a lot of triggers, and Cynthia, you mentioned, which is, you know, which is great. You know, the sexual triggers about kissing, about touching, um, you know, any sexual activity, oral sex, the actual intercourse can trigger those memories, you know, bring those flourish. You know, they can flood those memories back if it's not properly dealt with or, you know, whatever. Some people might need to be drunk or, you know, be stoned or high to be able to have sex because that's the only way they can to block it out. That's not a healthy way to do it, okay? Not not at all. But the sensory memories getting into, you know, smells can trigger it. It could be the person that maybe sexually abused you or maybe raped you, that, you know, you could, it could be the smell of that cologne that that person had on or a similar scent. Uh, you know, it could be, you know, in the wood smell, musk scent, uh, citrus scent, whatever it is. It could be a similar cologne that could trigger it, okay? It could be a certain, certain color. It could be certain facial features, okay? A voice tone. Maybe there was music in the background. Maybe there was, um, you know, maybe there was food around that, you know, was going on when the sexual abuse took place that you could smell it on that person's breath. These are aspects. I, I'm not, you know, it's not about grossing people out. It's about getting at the elements that are going to help you transition from, you know, where you are and maybe where you want to be and become a true survivor where that doesn't affect you anymore, okay? And I tell people in working with the sensory aspect, we got to put it up here in our brain to get it out of our sensory memory to process it, to put it to rest, okay? A lot of people, even with sexual abuse, childhood sexual abuse and rape survivors, there's a term that is used that is called dissociate, okay, or dissociation. It's almost like your your psyche protects your brain, so you are blocked out, okay. I put my hand back there. You are your brain is putting you back there. Typically, maybe when you were younger, you could be, especially with rape survivors, but sexual abuse that happens too. That you are out, you know, playing with friends. That you are out playing with your doll, your favorite toy, as the sexual abuse is taken 
place, okay? So that dissociation, like you, you don't you might not remember psychically or cognitively, mentally, that that abuse took place or was taking place because your psyche is trying to block that out, trying to protect you from your psyche. But that's what happens with the sensory memories, okay? The smells, the touch, the taste, what you heard, you know, if there was music playing on, the words that you're, you know, the sexual abuse predator, let's face it, the predator, the rape predator, that, you know, used or said or, you know, whatever. It could be the touch of the hands. It, it, there's a lot of the sensory aspects. So we got to bring it up to the mental, the cognitive aspects to be able to put that to rest. And that's where, Cynthia, that's a great question that these are all non-sexual triggers that come in, not to mention, you know, being touched a certain way, um, you know, being romantic, being sexual with you know, a person you love and you might feel safe with, and all of a sudden it triggers all those aspects back, okay? Um, now, we have another question on um, the Facebook, okay? Is it okay to forgive the person and still be a part of their lives after? This is a question, you know what, this is a phenomenal question. And this is one that I get asked very frequently, okay? And this is a very, very difficult question. I'm going to I'm gonna be blunt, okay? I'm going to tell you that is up to you. It is up to the sexual abuse survivor. It is up to the rape survivor, you know, if it is a family member, if it is an uncle, an aunt. And there's a lot of, I can get into stories left and right about, um, you know, mom not leaving dad when dad's abusing the kids. She's just as guilty. I'm sorry. Um, or if mom is sexually abusing, you know, the daughter or the son or whatever, and dad knows about it and doesn't do anything about it to protect the kid. Shame on them, okay? Or an uncle, a grandfather, grandma, whatever. If it's a relative, okay? My philosophy is if you want a relationship with that person, that is your choice. Nobody else's, okay? If you don't want a relationship with that person later on, and as a kid you might not have that choice which is sad, okay? Um, if that person is not in prison, whatever, okay? Because no one went after them. And part of the sexual coercion is, you know, this is our little secret. Everybody's heard that, our little secret. Or, you know, you don't want mom, your mommy, or your daddy to be mad at you that this happened. So it suppresses all this and it buries all those aspects, okay? So my, my thing is, I'm not a big fan of... Blood is thicker than water. <laughs> Students have, you know, heard me say this. Clients have heard me say this left and right, especially sexual abuse survivors, rape survivors, that I'm not a big fan of blood is thicker than water. Say in this case that someone sexually abused you, and yet you're supposed to love them, cherish them, be loyal to them, care for them. Why? Do you understand? Because society says that's bullshit. Plain and simple is bullshit. You have that choice, okay? You have that choice as an adult or even, you know, an older teen. You have a choice not to be in that person's life. And you're going to have other family members. That's not right. It was in the past. You need to forgive. I don't think if you want to forgive, that's one thing, okay? No one should force you to forgive. My, my emphasis and my philosophy on forgiveness, right, that is your choice, if you don't want to forgive, you don't have to, okay? Another thing on forgiveness is, you know what? I think you can, you don't have to forgive to be able to move on. And that's where I try to help clients what they want to do. What It's not about me, what I want. It's about them and what they want for themselves. If they don't have a relationship or want a relationship with the person, say a family member or relative that sexually abuse them, you don't have to have one, Okay? Forget about society. Forget about religious aspects. Oh, their family, their blood, you got to forgive. And no, you, you don't have to, okay? That is your choice. Do not be manipulated into that situation. Do not be coerced into that situation. And you can tell by my facial expression and also my tone of voice sort of heightened a little bit. This is something I feel very strong about. And I think I don't buy into the society BS about, you know, 
you have to love that person and always be them, always forgive. No. I used the, the premise, and I know Cynthia and a few others listening have heard this for years about me saying that, you know, do you, the old adage is, can you be pissed off? Can you be mad, angry about something you don't care about? Can you? I, You know what? I can't. Most people probably can't because they don't care enough about that subject, that occurrence to even be mad about, right? So my question is, can you get to that point where you don't care enough about that person or that event, what they did to you? You know what? You don't have to forgive them. You just don't care anymore. Sounds cold. Sounds disheartening. But you know what? It's about your life. It isn't about you still trying to play the role of kissing everybody's booty and making everybody happy anymore when they didn't protect you, when they abused you in that situation. This is totally on you. And you, remember I said at the beginning of the the show, you need to get that power back. And that's where I want to help people. You know, you own that power. You didn't give that away. It was taken taken away. So I want to help you take it back and hold on to it where it belongs with you, with nobody else. So if you do not want to be involved with a family member or relative and other relatives, whatever, don't like that, too bad. That's their issue to deal with, not yours, okay? Will you, the potential, you could lose family members. I get that. But do you deserve toxic, unhealthy family members? Or can you have friends that are closer, more healthier for you? This is something that I want you, again, it's not for me to decide. It's up to you to decide and for you to, you know, to work through and to do what's best for you. It's not about them. It's about what's healthiest and best for you. So I hope I answered that question a little bit. To you get to the point or, you know, be able to get to the point where you don't care about them anymore. It's not being cold, heartless. Greg, you're being cold. You're being heart. No, not at all. It's about self-preservation and doing what's healthiest and best for you. Forget about society and the BS about, you know, blood is thicker than water. No, if they're toxic, if they're harmful to you, you know what? you got a right to get the hell away from them and stay away from them, okay? Um, and you mentioned another quote, uh, forgiveness is only genuine when on your terms and doesn't truly help you feel or help you heal, I'm sorry, if not on your terms. You're absolutely right. If it's pressured by society, by religion, by other family members, oh, you got to forgive your father for sexually abusing you. you got to forgive your father, your grandfather, your uncle, your brother. No, you don't. Okay, but you can allow and have the power not to forgive and still be able to heal and move on. That's what I'm trying to get across to you is, you know, you have that power. It's not about everybody else and being a victim and a survivor of sexual abuse in, you know, the rape situation. You know what? It's a lot of people make it about other people. You know what? You're going to hurt their feelings. How could you do that to your dad, your your uncle that did that, your grandfather, it's your grandfather. You know what? You need to forgive. No, you don't. <laughs> you own that power. You have that right. And that right needs to be placed right back where it belongs with you, not with somebody else. Okay? And hey, Kim, uh, welcome to the show. Long time listener. <coughs> Sorry. Um, And you mentioned, um, you know, thank you, Cynthia. This is also true. I think the thing I'm thinking of is that it's supposed to be a release, to begin to heal. The forgiveness, again, um, a lot of people talk about forgiveness is for you to heal. And there's someone else on chat that brought up about forgiveness is for yourself to heal. You know what? I think that's, to be honest with you, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to say it's a crack, whatever. A lot of people come in to the situation where forgiveness is for you to heal. I'm telling you, you don't have to forgive that person to heal. You can forget about that person. You do not have to forgive that person. And the old adage, the religious aspects and a lot, and I don't want to be disrespectful. They always say, you know, Forgiveness. You can forgive that person and set yourself free. No, you don't have to forgive that person if you don't want to. I think that's the buy-in to make people feel 
good about themselves or make them feel, you know, the fall in with society or religious beliefs. And I'm not disrespecting anybody, but this is, you don't have to forgive to be able to start the healing process. Not at all, okay? So you need to look at, you know, I know the premise and I know the understanding, you know, you can forgive that person and release that power. I get the premise behind that. Um, but I'm saying is you don't have to. You can get that power back without forgiving that person. I understand, you know, you're trying to forgive that person to let go and forgive and, you know, to be a good person. Absolutely, you still can be a good person. But I'm saying, you know, let me back up. You, If you want to forgive, you can. And if that helps you, fantastic. I'm, I'm not saying it isn't. What I'm saying is that you don't have to forgive in order to heal. You can be able to move on and get to the point where I said that, you know, you don't care about that person anymore. Why? They don't deserve. Why do they deserve that? And a lot of adage, um, you know, we come in, I know, you know, a lot of sexual abusers, they were sexually abused themselves. And we get all that. And a lot of people want to buy in, you know, you can feel sorry for them, but that still does not give them the right. It does not give them the free pass to sexually abuse you. Or the sexually abuse anybody, okay? Um, and Cynthia, you mentioned um, the one aspect. This is a great point too. I'm, I'm glad I'm getting a lot of feedback on here, which is awesome. To where, uh, what about forgiving yourself when you know that others may be abused because your case was swept under the rug? This happens a lot, Cynthia. And this is this. To be honest with you, this irks a lot of sexual abuse survivors. Uh, because, you know, they might not have said something. This is about the guilt and the shame that they they deal with, you know. Maybe, you know, I should have said something because they could be doing it to my sister. They could be doing it to their own kids. They could be doing it. This is a lot of guilt, guilt and everything. And this is a big part. And I know, Sheila, you mentioned about the forgiveness. You know, to forgive yourself, I think this is dynamic. And this is very good that a lot of stuff you were afraid, you were scared at the time. And you have to understand what time, you know, especially if you were a young kid, even a teenager that, you know, and even teenagers, I'm going to tell you that they will try to intervene so and protect their siblings from getting sexual abuse. They will give themselves up to the predator to say, take it out on me, leave my sister or brother alone. And that happens a lot too. So to be able to forgive yourself that it's not your fault. It's not, it was the time period that was going on and to understand and forgive the emotional distress and maybe the physical distress that you were going on and going through at the time to be able to realize that and to understand all of it was not your fault. Hey, George from Athens Restaurant, downstairs in the Penobscot building. Uh, give them a shout out. Uh, make sure you pay them a visit in the Penobscot building, uh, 645 Griswold Street. Give them a shout-out. they got great food, uh, great service. They're like my second family, uh, maybe like my, my first family anymore because I'm there almost every day. But give them a shout-out. Not forgiving someone is not being disrespectful or harsh or tough. Just your way of healing. George, I love that. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Um but you said it more eloquently. So that is, I love that. Not forgiving someone is not being disrespectful or harsh or tough. Not at all. It's just your way of healing. I, George, I love that. I, Like I said, I wish I would have used so. I tried to get that across, and I hopefully I did, but I love that. That is awesome. Um, there are, you know, that, you know, going back to Cynthia's question about forgiving yourself, that, a lot of people, you know, they didn't report it. They don't. It's one of those situations where you need to forgive yourself that, you know, the situation that you were in, you cut yourself some slack, okay? Cut yourself some, you know, maybe understanding at the time and everything that was going on that, that you were being manipulated. You were being coerced, especially, you know, young kids and even teenagers that your mindset it's let's face it you're programmed into that manipulation you're programmed into the coercion 
that, you know, it's not your fault. And I know me just saying it isn't going to help you. I'm hoping it helps you, but it might not be enough to help you to get through that and to be able to, you know, forgive yourself that, you know what, I was, it's not excusing. It's a real aspect that, you know, you're being manipulated, okay? Um, you know, it's it's very difficult. So those are part of the things about self forgiveness that are huge. Okay, and I'm glad I'm glad I was brought up. There's a lot of I'm glad there's a lot of interaction because there's a lot of people out there that you don't even know that have been sexually abused. Maybe people listening to the show. I'm hoping people listening to the show are going to gain some insights to be able to get through those. Okay, and to help the healing process with sexual abuse and. I'm going to get into um, some elements that, you know, some effects that an adult that can affect a relationship, okay? And, you know, it could be emotional distance. Some people might be able to be physically, sexual, all this stuff, but they're emotionally detached. They, When they have sex or making love with their partner, they emotionally detach. It's almost, remember I mentioned earlier about dissociation. It's almost like they might dissociate during sex and they might not fully enjoy it, might not be fully in the moment, fully engulfed emotionally where they might want to be because they're protecting themselves, but they want to give their partner sex, you know, making love and make them feel good. Again, it's all about the other person, not about you. Let's face it, just like it was when you were sexually abused, okay? And not only that, but there could be anger issues. There could be emotional abuse. We all know, you know, some people sexual abuse that, you know, they turn into be alcoholics, drug addicts that are the fact to deal with the pain and the harshness and, you know, the feeling disgusting and dirty about yourself. And you got to remember, you did not do that to yourself. These are common themes. I'm not, there's so many different areas and a lot of people assume that, you know, you were sexually abused, you're going to act this way or that way, one or two ways, or you were raped, you're going to be this way or that way. That's not always true. There are so many different variables, and there are so many things that I've dealt with so many couples and adult females and males that have been sexually abused or raped that everything is fine in a marriage or a relationship. They're in a long-term relationship or marriage. They've been married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you know, or been in a relationship for a couple of years, everything seems fine. Now, some bam, something triggers those traumatic experiences again about being raped, about being sexually abused. And, you know, you're like, I don't know where this comes from. And then you're afraid. You're, oh, I should have told your partner. I'm all about trying to tell your partner that you've been sexually abused and being raped if you're in a long term relationship. Okay. Again, I said at the beginning of the show, I did say that it's totally up to you to tell that person, okay? Now, again, they need to make you feel safe. They need to make you feel okay. And they need to be nurturing about that situation. And that, again, is a judgment call. With me, I don't blow smoke up anyone's booties. I don't throw unicorns out there all the time. I also want to throw out the consequences of that, okay? Because if you do bring up after you've been married, I mentioned about a couple I dealt with a while ago. There's a lot of couples, but I just, you know, mentioned about this, you know, that there could be anger because why didn't you tell me earlier? I could have helped you. And you need, that person needs to tell you, you know what, it's about you and trying to nurture and listen to you and what can be done to heal those traumas together. That trauma is the enemy, not you as the victim or the survivor of sexual abuse or rape, okay? That that is the issue. That is the enemy, not you. And to be able to work as a team. And a lot of times, I'm going to, you know, you might have to get professional help. Not that you have to. It might be a suggestion to help you work both through those because you both are going to endure a lot of pain, a lot of, you know, what ifs, a lot of misery to go through that, okay? And other consequences are, you know, what happens if the person, you know, you were raped and sexually, they find out you were sexually abused and they can't handle it and they leave. Uh, this happens. It does happen. Like I said, I'm not going to blow smoke up anyone's butt. People, Kim, um, you know, George, freaking Cynthia, other people listening to the show that have known me for a bit, 
they know I'm blunt and I'm honest, and I'm not going to paint a freaking yellow brick road and a unicorn scene for you to go out there and everything's great hunky-dory, and then you do this and freaking you're damaged. You're like, what the heck? I did this, Greg. You No, I want you to be aware of the consequences of disclosing this. The other person might leave. They might not be able to handle it, okay? But then you look at that person, you know what? Are they really for me then? And then when they do leave, I've dealt with individuals like this too many over the years that have disclosed, you know, a year later, a couple years into a relationship or a marriage, you know, when I was sexually abused, I was raped, that and all of a sudden their partner leaves. They leave, they file for divorce, they break up with you. And they now they feel worse. I should have kept it myself. I should have ate this. I shouldn't. I knew I shouldn't have told that person. This is more about that other person, okay, than about you. And it, it's sad that the other person would leave you if they really, you know, I'm not, you know, if they loved you. And it's more about their own insecurities. About most of those times when they leave, they don't want to deal with their own insecurities, their own what ifs, how to handle it, and they get, you know, freaked out. And they leave. So I'm going to be honest. It can happen, okay? That is a consequence. That's usually the more consequence. And also, if you've been dealing with it for a while and you do disclose the information that you have been raped or sexually abused, it could do a flood of things that bring back the memories, okay, of that event. Even if it's, you know, we talked about repressed memory and I talked about the dissociation even talking about those situations, again, could bring back a flood of those emotions of the trauma, of the events, the memories, the flashbacks. So that is also another consequence. I'm not saying, I'm all for people being able to tell their partner, okay? But I want you to have safeguards in place if it does. I want you to be able to talk to someone that actually specializes in trauma and sexual abuse and rape, not just somebody run-of-the-mill therapist, counselor, psychologist, a generalist, okay? A generalist, you need to talk to a specialist that deals with all these aspects, okay? Um, so you look at, um, you know, you look at those aspects. Uh, Kim, you mentioned Samantha is currently talking about various forms of trauma. Thought you and a couple others might be interested. Um, Samantha is who? I don't know if Samantha's a teacher, another teacher or not. I don't know if I ever met her or not, or even if she is that um, getting out of the textbook about trauma. You know, there's a lot of textbook, and a lot of people make it a black and white, yes or no, A plus B equals C with trauma, and a lot of textbooks do. But the problem with that aspect is you start assuming every survivor uh, of rape, every survivor of Sexual abuse endures the same aspects. They think the same. They feel the same. They're going to do the same aspects. Not at all. That's not the case. And that's where I want you to look at the aspects and the elements to look at. Oh, okay. Sorry, Kim. I'll get back to my comment. She lives in another state, part of a group I'm in. You know what, Kim? That's awesome. And I'm all about, you know, her helping. Um, I'm all about people helping other people to endure this. And if, you know, Samantha and another group, I, I don't want to overstep boundaries or anything, but if she needs any help, any insights, um, I'd be more than happy to help whatever. Like I said, I'm not about stepping on other people's toes unless it's necessary, unless they're doing more harm or they're not helping other people. Then I'm all about stepping in and saying you suck because you need to help these people not keep going after it. Okay. Um, and you need to look at, uh, you're right, there's some people that have been sexually abused. Cynthia just mentioned this too, that there are also, you know, the issue of multiple rapes and sexual abuse at different times by different people. And you're right, there's people that have been raped more than once. There are people that have been, you know, maybe sexually abused and then raped and they feel like I was raped because I was sexually abused. And it does happen a lot. And, you know, it, the dual trauma of those aspects, like I said, you need most of the time, instead of enduring it, that you're not alone. The the rape and sexual abuse support groups can be a great benefit for those aspects and to begin 
the healing process because you're with other individuals that have endured those and have survived and you might be able to gain some insights and the big thing is about sexual abuse and rape that you are not alone because a lot of times one of the things that a lot of people that endure being raped or being sexually abused they feel so isolated they feel so dirty that no one can relate to them that they they further isolate themselves they feel you know they block it off that i can't tell anyone because i'm the blame. I'm the bad one. I'm this. I'm that. And the coerciveness, especially from sexual abuse, the coerciveness sort of buys into that and it sort of reinforces those feelings within the sexual abuse survivors. Okay. So, um, you're right, Cynthia, you're right. The hardest part, you know, is dealing. It's not your fault. You know, I should have said no. I should have screamed. I should have told somebody. These are all you know, very familiar and very, um, what do I want to say, very classic, you know, symptoms that dealing with sexual abuse survivors and rape survivors. And there's people that, you know, are raped that were at a party. They were drunk and drugged and, you know, they start blaming themselves. Yeah, I shouldn't have been at the party. I should have known better. And you know what? It's my fault I was raped. I don't give a shit. If you're running down the street naked, you know, or walking down the street naked, that does not give anyone the right to rape you. Not at all, okay? It's BS, but I get, you know, the guilt and everything, the self-defecating aspects that we deal with, you know, or people deal with that have been sexually abused and that have been, you know, raped in certain situations. They blame themselves, and I sort of flip the script on it, and I tell them, I'm, I'm honest, I don't care if you're walking down the street Midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, naked. That doesn't mean you deserve to get raped. Hell no. And we need to flip that script and empower the sexual abuse survivors and the trauma survivors, the rape survivors, to endure that power and to fight back and to be able to own themselves, own their sexuality, own their sense of self again, and to be able to, you know, get through that and say, you know what, I own the power. I did not give that away. It was taken from me, damn it, and I'm going to take it back. I'm going to own my own sexuality. I'm going to have, you know, be able to be pleasure and enjoy a healthy, loving relationship, and I get to determine it. I'm not going to sell myself out and feel damaged because I was sexual abused or because I was raped and end up, you know what, I feel this way about myself, and this is another, <clears throat> excuse me, aspect that, I run into that people are in toxic relationships because, you know what, no one else is going to put up with me. No one else is going to, you know, deal with that I've been raped or abused, so i got to put up with this bullshit. You know what, no one deserves to be in a toxic relationship where you're being abused, where you're being belittled, you know, emotionally, physically. No. And this is, you know, another consequence, if you will, of, people that have been sexually abused or that have been raped and they end up in these toxic relationships and it doesn't have to be that way. Now, with all that said, that doesn't mean all drug addicts, all alcoholics, people in toxic relationships, abusive relationships, does not, that does not mean everybody in those situations have been sexually abused or raped. A lot of people assume that that's not always the case. These are maybe a precursor or a what-if situation. That doesn't mean everybody in those situations have been sexually abused or raped. And that's a big, big myth out there that everybody assumes, maybe not everybody, but you know, the media, everybody assumes that you've been sexually abused, you've been raped. That way you're in a toxic, relation, abusive relationship or you're a drug addict or alcoholic or heroin. No. Not at all. That does not mean that. It needs to be done on a case-by-case -case situation, a survivor-by-survivor -survivor situation, and how they manifest those symptoms themselves as an individual and how it affects their lives and their relationships, okay? Um, again, I'm going to say goodnight. Hopefully some insights, and maybe I'll do a part two on this to get more into maybe strategies and interventions to help you through those domains and those dynamics, okay? And maybe, you know, there's rape hotlines out there, domestic violence hotlines out there 
to help you, okay? And if you, you know, want any insights or whatever, um, I don't have a lot on my website. Maybe I need to about resources and stuff about, you know, sexual abuse and rape survivors too. That might be, I just thought about that. Maybe I need to do that and put um, resource links on my website, okay? But anyways, the website is www.theartofrelationships.org. Check it out. Please, everybody, I am begging you, share my video, share my information on Facebook. I want to help as many people out there as possible, okay? it's I'm all about that. My passion, people that know me, I have a passion to help people out there, okay? And that's what I want to do, okay? And I'm going to plug my book again. Right here, here it is. That's what the cover looks like. The second edition, it's Love's Essence. The Relationship Guide. I talk about the total connection that I did in the first book uh, about having a connection, relationship connection about the mind, body, heart, and soul and getting those dynamics. And also it's for individuals. It's for single people out there to help you maybe get a better sense of yourself and what you want in a relationship too, okay? Um, thank you very much for the questions and the comments, people. I, I I appreciate it because you're not only helping the show be more lively, but you're helping other people out there. You're helping other listeners to the show. You're helping other people, you know, read your comments and helping other people. And I'm all about having a whole world out there about helping other people, okay? Not just, you know, picking and choosing. I want to create and spread more love and peace for helping other people instead of all the hatred out there, okay? There's more love more peace out there than a lot of people realize and they need to look around and sort of ignore the media is only a minute part of all the goodness out there out in the world, okay? So have a good night, people. Peace and love. Remember, please share my stuff. Um, I'll talk to you live next Wednesday, 9 o'clock, right here, Facebook Live. Everybody have a good night. Peace and love, people. Take care.